0: Hello, Harmony Voices fam. Welcome to our third uh, Lunch and Learn series with Myrna James as our host. Today we have the fortune. Some of you guys might have seen him on Earth Day, but M- Muntah Jones has joined us today. And we're talking socially conscious multimedia. Uh, Munta has created a 3D interactive mobile game called Earth Cipher. And I'm very excited about it. Um, so, I'm looking forward to all you guys have to share today. And Myrna, I'm going to throw it over to you.
1: Thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here for our second monthly Lunch and Learn event. Um, keep an eye on upcoming dates. And I'm so happy to be here with Munta Jones. Um, he's the founder of Media Breeze, and this is a socially conscious media company. And we'll be talking primarily about their new product, Earth Cipher, which is a video game. It's an indigenous economic justice video game. we have got some really important points in there that we're going to break down for you. First of all, please introduce yourself, Moontab.
2: Yes, hello, everyone. I'm broadcasting from a, a little far away. Um, so if there may be a little bit of a lag. I apologize, but my name is Imuta Jones, i I'm an African American video game developer, I'm currently in Africa in Tanzania, working on Earth Cipher. Um, this is a game that is definitely in progress. We we started working on it last year, and came to Tanzania in order to start working more on this particular level, the first level of the game, which is set in Tanzania. So being here is giving us a backdrop to get the culture and the history and and some other artifacts that we can put into the game to make it authentic for this first level Um, and it's just exciting to have this experience so um, yeah that's that's a little bit about me and what we're doing
1: that's great, thank you. I uh, love knowing that you're in Tanzania, so I know where you are on the globe. <laughs> you know, uh, the world is becoming so small with all the digital technology and different ways to communicate. Um, it sounds like I did not realize you're there to be inspired by the landscape and the backdrop and the and that kind of thing, which is really uh, wonderful. Um, I'm actually doing some work with a nonprofit in Panama called Geoversity and they are truly in the jungle there. And the um, video game for Avatar is being filmed based on the jungle in in um, Panama. So there's a corollary there, I think a little bit um, uh, with, with being in, immersed in that environment right. as a video game developer to really know exactly what you're doing. I'm sure one of the reasons is that you also want it to be authentic, right?
2: Right, yes. And, and more so than just the, just the aesthetics and the history, it's also being connected to the people here who, especially some of the indigenous people here, and we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, you know, the world and, and the Western world Keeps marching forward at this frantic pace um, of so-called progress, um, and there have been some legitimate aspects of progress in terms of progress of you know Indigenous people fighting for their rights and the progress of struggle. These are good aspects of progress that have happened in the West, but there's other types of progress. There are also bad things that are progressing too. One of the biggest ones is climate, is climate change, um, and the destruction of the planet by primarily the West and all the other countries that are following that march. And one of the things that is important to me is talking to Indigenous people who still are connected to the land in intimate ways that you don't always see in the West. I mean, sometimes you have to step out of the United mm-hmm. States to see that, or, or there are definitely Indigenous people who live in the United States who can also take you down that road. But me, my ancestry is in Africa. And so by coming here, it's allowed me to connect with people and just have some conversations with people, um, which I've started to just get their ideas and understanding of, of kind of what can be done um, regarding uh, helping the planet to heal. And, and there are even the university here, we had a meeting with the uh, university of Dar es Salaam, which Dar es Salaam is where I am as the capital. And we had a meeting with, at the university with the engineering department and the, the faculty at the university are kind of at the cutting edge of doing research and developing products to help to create more sustainable a more sustainable Tanzania. Um, like, for example, I mean, well, a lot of East African countries have banned the use of plastic bags altogether. Um, and um, so the university has, following the lead of some of the leaders out here, have started to do research into Biofuels and um, solar and renewable energy and these types of things, based on the local resources here in Tanzania. So when I say indigenous people, I mean all of the people here who have who have that connection to the land. Are you know there's a there's a consciousness here that they want to do things the right way and that then they don't want to frantically just chase whatever the West is doing. This country in particular, they're really really big on that that theme. So I'm a student. I'm here to learn. Um, And that's been part of this journey as well.
1: So as you're as you're building out the game, the video game, you are customizing uh, solutions to things that are actually possible in certain geographic areas. Right. There's a corollary there. I think
0: we lost him for a moment. And Numunta, did we lose you? Or are you frozen in time? Right before we we aired, uh, he said, "Oh, something's going on with uh, with internet here." So it could be that the winds hit and it dropped him out for a moment. Yeah, Hopefully he'll be back very soon. I'm actually, I'm so excited about the work that he's doing. Um, hence the reason why we invited him back to speak. You know, it's so important. There he is. Good to see you back, Nunta. Do you we know, have audio now?
1: Last time again for a moment. How did you meet him? What's your story there?
0: So we are both in, um, in a group that is working on a climate change uh, climate strong initiative here in Colorado. And it's through universal basic resources, UBR, which is led by Chet Sisk. Uh, for some of you might remember Chet, we had on for our very first lunch and learn. And, um, and so he's been spearheading this particular project. It is a pilot program. And its focus is to have BIPOC leaders within the community head uh, spearhead these uh, climate change initiatives. And um, mine was in in hemp, working with the hemp industry, and Muntez obviously with his um, with his focus on his game. And I feel like we need so much of this because we have so many people who are spending all this time in front of the screen and they're blowing people up and they're blowing things up and it's all about destruction. Uh, Clearly, we need to shift that dynamic. We need something that is about healing and nurturing and taking care of each other and nature and his game is a wonderful uh symbiotic move towards that where we get to work you know humans are pretty much almost an endangered spe- species in this game and we pair with others who are endangered to work together to heal uh to heal mother and um and you go up against the corporate greed and those kind of things that you find in everyday life right those that are extracting resources that we so need on the planet.
1: I could not agree with you more. Alicia, I could not agree with you more. Um, as the mother of a 16 year old boy,
0: um, mm.
1: I absolutely can't wait till this game is available. <laughs> till, yeah. we're, till we're ready to, to use it. I really can't. Um, I actually have an idea. Thank you, Nimatu, you're back, yay. Um, why don't we take this opportunity to, to zoom back, zoom out a little bit actually, and hear a little bit more about you and your background. I know you went to Brown University here in the U.S. Um, I read, I know you're inspired to do solutions that are truly global in nature that address the root causes, but I'd love to hear more about your background.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my background really, so my life has been a kind of one continuous journey on this same path. And so um, when I, so I, yeah, I went to Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island. One of the reasons that I, I decided to go to Brown was because they had an independent major. You could major, you could major in anything you wanted to, but you could design your own major. You got to pick your own advisors. You got to pick, you know, uh, everything that you you wanted to do, and you know you, you wrote a thesis at the end. But I really wanted to learn about Africa and you know the African diaspora, religion, history, philosophy of indigenous peoples, mostly from Africa, but it spilled over into me learning about South America and some other regions as well. But in my when in that and in that process of that, I went to Nigeria. I lived in Nigeria for a year. Um, in the process of building that major. And the, how that's relevant to kind of where who I am now, where you know um I came to with with Earth Cipher and, and, and developing games and so on, was that when I graduated from college, it was very clear to me that I did not want to be an ivory tower intellectual who was just only operating within the confines of a limited space of middle other middle class people. Who kind of were in that in that realm of um, of of um, that slice of society? I wanted to have a reach that was further than that to could reach everyone, working class people, you know, people, poor folks, everybody, um, including the middle class and upper class. Um, and I found that media was the way to do that. Now, of course, and that's no knock. Like there's every, so many people in my family are professors, so you know, I don't. There's no knock on the on the on academia and the academy, not at all but my path I wanted to be a little different. Um, when, right around the time when, when Spike Lee was coming out with all these movies, he became an idol for me. Um, not as much in terms of his personality, but in terms of his process, because he um, he took this medium of film and made, put messages into the film that reached everybody at every layer of society. No matter who you talk to, not everybody knows who James Baldwin is. Not everybody knows who, you know, uh, you know has read Maya Angelou and you know uh has read you know County Cullen but everybody has seen a Spike Lee film and so I decided that I wanted to get into games for that reason uh Myrna you're actually muted Uh
1: I'd love to know what your favorite Spike Lee film is and I'd also love to know what your actual major ended up being at brown that you created
2: oh okay with spike lee wow um there were so many that came out in the mid 90s that i really liked um i think school days uh i think school days ended up being school school days and do the right thing ended up being the two that that kind of touched me the most uh during that era um because there were so many messages and so many things that were woven into it uh, into you know into that um into the, the, the symbolism and everything and a lot of his stuff was kind of it wasn't that subtle it was very you know he, he wasn't it wasn't very nuanced it was really like hit you over the head stuff but at the same time it, he did actually have multiple layers of of, of symbolism in the films you had to deep, dig a little deeper uh and as your second question in terms of my major so my major was titled The Reconstruction of Black Civilization. Uh, and that was kind of a riff off of there's a there was an author that had a very famous author named Chancellor Williams who wrote a book called The Destruction of Black Civilization it was talking about African history and kind of colonialism and how Africa fell apart. Um, and so my major was the reconstruction of black civilization because I was because <clears throat> since since colonialism and slavery, the African diaspora has exploded on the scene with just a powerful Culture that the world has never seen before. We are the first pan-African people in the world. We are a mix of everything in Africa. All the DNA from Congo and Senegal and Nigeria and you know Ethiopia, Sudan, all of that is in African Americans. And so um, my major was about that. It was about the whole process of how you had people who came from the continent who became this this global people and and, and basically are now we're kind of at the forefront of a lot of the progressive movements to restore um to restore dignity to our um to our economic situation which is the next that's the next frontier
1: oh i want to dive into that in a moment um but first uh so you have been a tech educator is that right your primary career has been um has tell me about your career the past um you know, years, I know that this you formed this company, Media Breeze, with the underlying social consciousness. You know, I know um, Media Breeze multimedia is about consciousness ascending, which is amazing. Um, but I'd love to hear about your career as well before we kind of dive into Earth Cypher.
2: Into Earth Cypher, oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I've, um, I've built a dual career around technology education and software engineering. So half of my career has been writing code. Um, making games requires a, a lot of writing code. It's a lot of very highly technical. Game development is highly technical, uh, even more technical than web development. But for a career in terms of, you know, making money on day-to-day and paying the bills, web development has been it. So I was doing a lot of, of JavaScript and Ruby on Rails and, Um, you know, PHP, Java, that type of stuff. So writing code, half of my career in terms of making money career, and then the other half has been as a technology educator and school founder. I helped to to found some technology high schools and um, also be a technology, a a project-based learning coach for technology high schools and high schools in general, uh, mostly servicing students of color, but a diverse population. And, um, and technology educator, also adult education. So I've taught on the college level and I've also taught adults who are career changers who are, want to learn how to code. Galvanize was, I have over five years experience teaching with Galvanize and teaching in Galvanize Enterprise which is teaching corporations. So I've, I've taught classes to, to train engineers for Volkswagen, uh, T-Mobile, Ally Bank, um, you know, it's big corporations. Uh, and at the same time, taught individuals as well. So I love to teach, and that's also with gaming for me. Gaming is teaching. You know, it's you know, games actually are the, is the best teaching vehicle that's out there. Games teach so much better than everything else that's out there. When you teach, when you play a game, that game, the first level, they just take you, just show you a little bit, and you got to master this one skill, first level, or the intro, and then you do the next thing, which builds on that one, which is an educational term we call scaffolding you're building a a set of knowledge on the previous set of knowledge and then you scaffold to the next level and it has differentiation all these advanced these advanced education terms that 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 i like to use in the classroom games are you do it 10 times better than any educator so that's that's great um
1: i'm familiar with galvanize it's such a well-respected organization and group of people um yeah teaching tech around the world um Also, incidentally, I've been the publisher of a magazine about data from space to study the Earth. So it's really about the Earth and geospatial data, mostly from Mm -hmm. satellites, whether it's imagery, radar, um, also LIDAR from airplanes and helicopters. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was... um, the data about the earth that was first digital was the first layer. It's the first base layer for some video games, right? When you try to create a, a similar environment, um, it's kind of a base layer for some of the virtual reality that's out there. Mm. Um, so I'm familiar with that um, yeah. and I really saw that come to fruition, um, mm. having done this for 18 years. Um, So I'd love, can you think of a pivotal moment in your, um, in your life, whether it was related to career or personal life or whatever, but a pivotal moment that really influenced you to, to start a product like earth cipher, would you, did you see the problems of the world in a, in in starker vision or was there a pivotal moment that helped you?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yes, Absolutely. Um, I've been making games. I've been making games now um, as a hobbyist for over 10 years, just casual games for students and things like that. But this was my first time making a major game on this scale. And the time for me was uh, watching Game of Thrones. And, um, you know, we, we, I, I was late to get to the Game of Thrones uh, series. My, my wife and I didn't watch Game of Thrones until 2018. Um, and so we, we had to catch up. We basically been binge watched the whole, the whole thing. I think it was 29, no, 2017, 2018, right around that time. Um, and, uh, and this is a spoiler. So if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, you need to turn on mute. You need to stop watching right now. Cause I'm about to spoil the whole thing. But what the pivotal point for me that made me want to make Earth Cypher was when I saw, you know, the whole the whole uh the whole metaphor of winter is coming winter is coming and the ice people coming to basically you have all of these other people who are feuding and these petty squabbles between humans in westeros you know the whole the whole continent that they're living in and was completely turning a blind eye to the fact that there was something coming that would would wipe out that could wipe out their entire civilization and make all of that little petty, all the little petty my kingdom, your kingdom thing look look completely foolish. So basically it was the theme in Game of Thrones that they weren't talking about climate change. I don't think that they were. But for me, it totally felt like a, a, a metaphor for, for the destruction of the planet. Because here we are worrying about all of these issues with people and identity politics and all of this stuff. And meanwhile, we're on a planet that could pretty much wipe out all humans. We could see the, the, the extinction of the human race as we, as, you know, as we know it due to humans doing stupid stuff uh, to, uh, over all of these years to destroy the environment that we live in, not just for humans, but for all, all life on Earth, well, most life on Earth. I, mean, I think rest of life would rebound. We, um, we're really the biggest endangered species. I think other life would find a way. The Earth will heal itself. Yeah. But we could cre- create a situation when we lose our home.
1: I agree. I uh, love your summary of the whole point of the Game of Thrones. That is really amazing. And I, do you think that people got that point?
2: I don't know. See, the thing is that I'm not quite sure that that was, the, that there was explicitly their intent. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe they did. I didn't read. I didn't read the books, but it could be that they were talking about climate change. It could be that they were talking about something else. I do know that. Well, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I would love for you know, I'm, I'm exposing my ignorance here because I, I don't know the history as much. And there, there are Game of Thrones geeks who could sit up here and give a two hour dissertation on all of this right now. And I'm not one of those people. So maybe they did mean that. I, I, I'm i the only person that I know from people that I saw that discussed it with that saw climate change as part of that message. When I talk with family, friends, nobody else really saw that. that the winter is coming, and the ice people coming. They didn't see it that way, but I saw it that way. So I might be putting stuff in there that doesn't belong. But I'm that's, that's how I talk.
1: Yeah, I'm curious if the... um. You know, if the people who produce that had that intention or not, and I, I think you should write a blog post about that. <laughs> so, I should,
2: yeah, I should, yeah. I need yeah. to get back on the blogging. i am so focused on the game, I haven't put anything in my blog.
1: So, I'd love to dive into um, Earth Cipher now and talk a little bit specifically about the video game that you're producing and um, learn more about that. Uh, first of all where's the name come from I know cipher means something like a secret code and it also means some kind of circle can you share where you got the name
2: yes so um I mean so this is a little black culture for y'all like it, when so when I was growing up one of my uncles was a five percenter. he's part of what we call they call the five percent nation it was a group of people and I was never five percenter but it was part of our it's just part of our life it, it just you know you have people who you know who are Rastafari, or you know, you know, five percent, or whatever. And the five percenters were, um, they had a whole language around kind of, uh, you know, cosmology and planet and science and all this stuff. And the cypher was one of the things that they would talk about a lot. Now, my uncle, um, he he, he, he he called himself Prince Can Do, and uh, his real name was Keith. But um, we all know him as Prince Kandu. And so he would talk about the cipher a lot. You know, cipher is a circle, but it also represents like a, a realm. And there's, there's a whole bunch of other things. It's, it's, it's around, you know, like even where I am now in Tanzania, the word for, for zero is sifuri, which comes from the word cipher. So earth cipher just basically, is it, the earth is a cipher in a way. It's, it's a circle, but, you know, it's... Um, it's, it's also a realm in which things can happen. It's, a cypher also can represent a puzzle. So a cypher is like a puzzle. So, and so the earth is a cypher because it's a puzzle how to fix the climate at this point, to fix the earth at this point, because you, know, you got all these theories out there, like, oh, we should do this, we should do that. But it's cause and effect is a serious thing. You know, you, you, you don't, it's not always the easy. This is a very, very difficult puzzle of solving this we know there's certain things that absolutely in terms of reducing carbon footprints across the board that need to happen, but <clears throat> in order to get the buy-in in order to like, how do you force people? Do you let them choose these things is the puzzle. And so that's why the game is called earth Cipher.
1: Oh, I love that multi-layered meaning and really profound meaning that, um, that, that really works. That's amazing. Um, so in the, in the game, you uh, maybe we should talk about this after the video. Actually, some specifics about it after we share with people a little bit about it. Would you like to share sure. with your slideshow now and some information about Earth Cipher?
2: I could, and so I'll, I'll share the slideshow now. Um, and I will say, as a disclaimer, we just started working on this game, so when you see some of the graphics and some of these things. These are things that are a work in progress. It's not a finished game at all. It's not polished at all. It's very rough. You know, very rough. So I don't want you to get scared by some of the graphics because um, we're still working on it. So, and so can- it's
1: true also, have that people who are listening... Would have an opportunity to support you and to get involved um, as, as investors or as, as donate people who donate. Is that true as well? You still absolutely. have that initial yes. round?
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So if they go to mediabreeze.com, media breeze, media like multimedia, and then breeze like the wind. Media breeze. And you see that right there on the slide mediabreeze.com. You can see you can if 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 you can follow links, you can see where you can donate um and help support or cipher so yes, thank you um so yeah, so we'll go um uh we'll just go through these slides, so I'm gonna breeze through some of these because we've already talked about it with Myrna, but this is just this is me and uh my wife and the youngest daughter, and we're by a baobab tree um this is on our block, this is just right right, just you know, uh, the next house up on our block. We live on a big dirt road here in Tanzania. Um, it's a mile long dirt road to get to our house. So we, it's kind of country. And uh, whereas uh, that's, that's a baobab tree. These are ancient, ancient trees. Um, you know, some of these tree, the, uh, baobab trees can live to be thousands of years old. We have trees here in Tanzania that are three, four thousand years old. We have trees here that are older than Jesus. So, you know, older than the Bible. Uh, in here in Tanzania. So we're touching one of these trees now. Um, and in the um, uh, the next slide, you'll see that, that we started, started modeling. So this is just a screenshot from development process. We started making, so we make 3D models for the game. These are Baobab trees in the game. And so you can't really see it in this screenshot, but the Baobab trees actually have fruits they call monkey bread. And that's all then, you know, on our block. And you've actually seen some monkeys at the top of the trees you know going after the fruits of the baobab trees but i had to include these in the game because they're so majestic powerful huge trees and i wanted to include those you know, in the game because of
1: also, also i can't help but think of the little prince you know the classic beautiful story that is now uh, made into a movie a few years ago as well um baobab trees are so important they're the trees that are on all the planets that survive anything um, so I just have to mention the Little Prince as well. It's a beautiful, classic children's story.
2: Yes, yeah, there's a tie in there. If you, if you, yeah, if you've read that book or you have children who read the book or whatever, then it's a tie into this, and you'll see, you'll see more of these trees in the game. So um, yeah, so then why do I make games? And so next slide. Um, I'm making characters in the game, characters in my game, play art style that you don't typically see in games. And, um, you know, empowered African women are some of the characters that you'll see in this game, women and men, but especially the women, because women really a lot of times take a back seat in games or you'll see they have some women who are leading games like Lara Croft and Tomb Raider and so on, but it's always very, very flat. You know, there's a woman and she's a fighter and she's just there because she fights and she's a, you know, but what about, aren't there other qualities that women have other than fighting that might be good for humans? you know, incredible intuitive powers that that, that that women have and the ability to give life and um, the ability to think with both both hemispheres of their brain in a balanced way more so than men do. I, women have all of these amazing qualities that are not typically seen in games. And so I've created, you know, I'm creating characters in here. This particular woman here, she's a, she's a university student. And so she's in, in the game. And so she, you know, you can talk to her. She's what we call an NPC, it's a non-playing character. You can talk to her and get... You know certain you know she helps you to find out certain kind of nuggets of information that help you unlock the site for a little bit to understand oh okay this is one thing i can do to reduce my carbon footprint um i don't even have a name for her yet but i, I spent a lot of time modeling her making her because i i make the I, i'm doing a lot of this stuff myself i make the characters i do write the code etc so she's one of the characters then next slide um i just had a couple of characters here i have a character who's a maasai the Maasai are a group of people who live a very ancient lifestyle in, um, in Kenya and Tanzania. They originally migrated from South Sudan in, in antiquity, and they, but they're here. They're on. They're everywhere in Tanzania. They're on our block, um, and they live a very uh, uh, they live a, a lifestyle that has not changed as much over the past hundreds of years as many other people. And so, I've been building relationships with the Maasai who live here on our street. So that I can get some of their perspectives about the climate and about um, just living, living, you know, a natural lifestyle, um, and so that's part of my education here. Um, and we're never, we're not saying that every single thing that every group of indigenous people do is always good. You know, we're human beings are complex, and so you know, you know, we have a lot of nuances in culture. But the one thing that I do know is that indigenous people did not create the climate destruction that we're dealing with. Um, these things happen from Western people and um, indigenous people are outside of that. And so their lens is important in this game. And I think it is important to the planet um, uh, in terms of uh, that whole process. Slide. This is a character that um, I just, I've I've just uh, started, did a lot of work on actually this week. Um, She's a grandmother. So she's the in the story, then you're about to hear in the video, uh, they, they talk about a woman, there's a girl, she's narrated, well, a woman who narrates when she was a girl, she would talk to her grandmother. And so this is the grandmother. And she, the grandmother's telling stories about how she could morph into animals. And you know it's the story that's kind of like the basis of the game. So this is the grandmother in the game. I'm really excited about this character because she represents so many indigenous you know, women that I've known, you know, growing up, so I grew up in a, in a, you know, black American slash Nigerian household um, with a little bit of Chinese too. And my, my stepmother's Chinese so, I, a, uh, Chinese, so I've got a half Chinese. So I've got all of this cult, cross-cultural experience growing up, but also from the Nigerian uh, 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 part of our family, um, the elders, they, they hold state, they, you know, they hold court. When you talk about old folks from the South talk about somebody holding court, like they hold court when they're talking, they just they just hold they freeze that zone while they're talking and and telling the story. So that's part of this is is showing our people again, showing our people the dignity of our culture.
1: I love that. I love that you're bringing forward not just the indigenous wisdom, but the wisdom of the elders. Um, yes. I think we all need to remember that and and incorporate that with all of our societies, um, for everyone to honor the wisdom of our elders. I love that.
2: Absolutely. so I, i'm gonna, I'm gonna say just thirty seconds on that. Though in the West, we throw elders away. And what I mean by that is elders are not you have this ageism culture in United States culture where the older you get, then you are kind of considered like less relevant to society. People, you look at modern cartoons. This is why I have media breeds, right? Because in my media, my media is different. In, when you look at a lot of Western media, including a lot of the cartoons that, that my five-year-old watches, um, you know, they, elders are, are made fun of in the cartoons, you know, in, in movies. You see elders kind of like they poke fun of elders. They're, they're teasing them like, oh, yeah, my Nana, you know. You know she's crazy and all of this, and it's 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 disrespectful and it's ridiculous. And it has it it it's it's part of this culture that we have in the West where we're constantly degrading elders. And what happens is when you do that, you don't create a platform for the wisdom that those elders have to pass that on to future generations. And you keep reinventing the wheel, and you have a lot of this kind of silliness that goes on in modern culture. You have a lot of people who, you know, their low star are are musicians who are 22, 23 years old singing lyrics, and then everybody's singing those same lyrics, and that's like, everybody's following that. In Tanzania, we follow, you know, in Africa, the elders are followed. You know, you have greetings here that are only given to elders. In Nigeria even, as Western as a lot of parts of Nigeria are, there are certain, you know, there's certain things that you only say to elders, and there's certain things that you can't say to an elder. There's a, there's a sense of respect for elders and passing on that indigenous wisdom. And, um, you know that's definitely a part of native american culture and you know and, I, and that that's something that needs to be brought more to the forefront as elders need to be respected and that's so that's why this is central in the game um so yeah I'm making games about places that you don't typically see in games next slide um we're in tanzania which we've talked about the black rhino was an endangered species so part of the game is that you um you know you play as an endangered species the white rhino and the black rhino are both endangered i found out when we went on a safari a couple of weeks ago in kenya I, I i sat with one of the tour guys i thought the black rhino was the only one that was endangered because when i went to the wildlife this is why the internet is not always not always the, the only source of truth you know they're talking about the black rhino the black rhino but when i talked to the rangers in the music they said no the black rhino and the white rhino are endangered and the white rhino is actually uh, and it's not a color white they, they both look gray but um This is one of the characters in the game that you play as. So you play as a rhino. You have you play every every level. You have this symbiotic relationship between an animal that's indigenous to that level and a human. So in the Tanzania level, you play as either male or female character protagonist. But then you can switch into the rhino because there's some things a rhino can do that you cannot do as a human. There's other things that a human can do that you can't do as a rhino. And you know, I'll let you find out when you play the game. Or you have people who you know play the game. You'll see how that works. But yes next slide and i'm sending the messages that you, you don't see in the game you know typically don't see in games my message is about healing and restoration of the planet you have a lot of games everything is about mass shootings you know mass shootings like the theme in fact mass shootings are so much a theme of so many other games so many of the gaming industry that it's even a genre they talk a first person shooter or a third person shooter This is like a genre in games and We have an explosion of gun violence in the United States, and I'm not going to get deep into the politics. I mean, we know it's a problem. I don't care if you're right wing. I don't care if you're left wing. It's a problem. We all know that that gun, the gun culture in America is a, is, is a problem, and mass shootings. We've seen an explosion of them in the United States now. just I think probably bigger than any than anything we've seen, and there's lots of reasons for that. But my game is different. We don't. I don't feature guns in the game. Um uh you know you can you can actually take out a few of the poachers if you play as a rhino you can kind of like trample some of the poachers but you know doing that with your feet but um uh you know there's other ways to have fun in games rather than kind of like shoot them up everybody so um yeah my themes are different um i'm making games because i'm building a vision of the planet that we want to pass on to our grandchildren. you know we want a vision we want i want be able to you would be able to see images from my game and say oh yeah That was during a time when the the plant was at a crossroads. And we actually were unsure as to what was going to happen with the planet. And this game helped to raise awareness for people to reduce their carbon footprints. So here's the demo video on the next slide. We'll play this. And so hopefully we can play it in a way where the sound is. You're going to really have to really crank up the sound because it's a little low. So hopefully we can do this in a way that everyone can hear. Good sound. Probably full screen it too.
0: Nilipokuwa mchanga. Bibi huni elezea.
1: When
3: I was a child, my grandmother used to tell me that she had dreams. She could communicate with all living things. In
1: those dreams, she would become an animal. And she would fight to save the earth from the hands of greed, destruction, and selfishness.
0: My grandmother passed to the realm of ancestors
1: 20 years ago
3: today, and now those
1: dreams have
3: started coming to me.
2: My name is Muta Jones. I'm a software engineer, 3D artist, and technology educator. I'm also the founder of Media Breeze Multimedia, and I'm here today to talk to you because we are raising seed capital for our latest work in development, a mobile game for iPhone and Android, and it's called Earth Cipher. The vision for Media Breeze Multimedia is to use video games the way Spike Lee used film in the early 1990s. The overall idea is that you're taking a medium that's been around for a long time. And you make it a vehicle for socially progressive messages but you do it in a fun and engaging way that is also new modern games are like film in that particular way they reach millions of people and they can address some pretty heavy topics while also possibly remaining fun and entertaining earth cipher is a game about economic justice It uses the environment as a lens to explore that topic, but in a way that is lighthearted and fun, and for all ages. You play as an endangered species fighting to save the planet. Your antagonists are a whole squad of mechanical minions that are infecting the land with artificial trees. The minions plant trees in the ground right beside normal trees, but the mechanical trees, as they mature, they begin to suck out all the resources and nutrients from the ground and turn those resources into dollars the way the resources are being exploited is not sustainable and the communities around that land are devastated, both physically and economically. So in the process, the mechanical minions and the masters are making money. Now, a cipher is a circle, but a cipher also represents a puzzle. So in this game, the cipher represents the fusion of modern technology and indigenous wisdom. As an endangered species, you have to figure out how to use this magical cipher to get powers that will allow you to handle these minions. This is a game about choices. Once you get the powers from the cipher, how will you solve the problem of the environment being destroyed at the hands of these minions? You can try to decommission them. You can try to short circuit them in hopes of reprogramming them. You can ship them away to someone else's backyard or to another place where you plan to handle them later. There are lots of choices for how to handle the situation. Any choice kicks off a series of dominoes in a cause and effect chain. Some of these effect chains are not as simple as they may appear. There will be many ways to play, many ways to win, and many ways to lose, but there's lots of fun going on along the way. And the game uses humor to engage the player in a way that's light. In each region you play as an animal indigenous to that area. After bringing stability to each region that you're in, you travel to various regions and keep playing until you've liberated the planet. Games are inherently interdisciplinary. The player learns not only about science, ecology and the environment, but also about global economics, social studies, geography and various regions across the globe. The completed game is also going to ship with lesson plans for educators to use at home and in the classroom. We're excited about creating this game, but we can't do it alone. We're a small team building this using our own resources in order to realize our vision for an app. We need your help. We're raising seed capital to finish the game. By getting involved, you have a chance to some pretty cool gear and higher level donors get a chance to put physical billboards inside of the game for the business or personal ads, which is exciting. Lastly, please know that when you support us, you're not just supporting this one game. We have several amazing ideas for future games and many subjects related to activism and progressive ideas, and you're helping us with one project is also helping us with the next. Thank you for your time and consideration. And we also thank you for supporting Socially Conscious
3: Media.
1: That was excellent. What a great introduction to to your work and what you're doing. I really love how you're addressing so many important issues in one venue, in one game, right? In one uh, product um really important issues and at the beginning of that you you call it out you call it straight out that some of the problems in the world are greed and corruption and i think those are are global problems um and i love that you're you're facing those head on um that whole thing that's very literal about the fake trees turning resources into dollars um i love it because it's like oh uh, that's very clear what you're saying there, you know? Um, so one thing I want to ask is what sparked creating it to be in the voice of indigenous wisdom and women's wisdom and the wisdom of the elders? What, what sparked that concept?
2: I mean, yeah, I think just my life. I, I grew up around uh, a lot of indigenous people and I found out very early in life that there's a there are different knowledge systems out there in terms of everything that exists even up to you know even something like medicine you know when i was in nigeria um you know malaria is common in, in these tropical regions and i got malaria after i've been there for i don't know about six to seven months as studying for exams i was really tired malaria gets you when your immune system is low um and average nigerians know that it's not it's not the boogeyman and like yeah your immune system is low you can, you can get malaria, so you do things that like, you know, not, you, you hopefully can keep the new system high and they know how to do that. But anyway, long story short, I got sick and um, I had malaria and I, could, I was taking the, the Western meds and it just was not helping at all. And I felt pretty bad. I mean, the hot, cold sweats and all of that stuff and no energy. So finally, my friends like dragged me out of my dorm room. I was a student in the university, dragged me out of the dorm room, took me out to the outskirts of the university. They had this bush area and they had this guy they called him the palm wine doctor but he made pepper soup and some other stuff and he basically went out in the bush and got these leaves i don't know what the leaves were and mashed them up and made like a really bitter bitter drink and had me to drink it i almost threw up because it was so bitter i never tasted anything like that that was before this i was i don't know i was like 19 like this is the beginning of me understanding uh, you know the power of herbs and I the malaria was gone within about six hours and that was the beginning of me understanding you know what you will never read that in a book and you, you will never really see that on the internet either you know and so I I began to say you know what there's and in the guy who did he was an elder the, the guy with just the herbs you know the, the in the bush and he looked uneducated he was not dressed very sophisticated in a very sophisticated way, but he cured my malaria. And, um, you know, or maybe, you know, I don't know. We don't know what cured my malaria. But all I know is that six hours after I took that bitter drink, it was mine. And since then I've learned that, you know, there are certain things that you can do, you know, with your body, you know. But answering your question beyond just the physical, um, elders have been a part of my life since I was young and I've always learned a lot from them. And um, it's it's just it's just my life. So I don't know really how to detach it, but I, I trace it back to right around that age, 18, 19. eighteen, nineteen. was right around the time when I began to see that um, you're not you're not going to learn everything from you know from from watching watching music videos, and um, and uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's great. Oh my gosh. I love that story. Uh, pepper soup or something like that cured malaria. I mean, that, that actually brings up something that's very timely and we probably, it's probably more of a separate conversation or a, a different conversation, but about natural health and how our bodies, I believe our bodies are literally miracles. I tell my son this all the yes, time.
3: Yes.
1: And, and that natural remedies exist for almost everything. Um, and we in the west if i can make a gross generalization we in the west tend to think that doctors can cure everything but the truth is there's a lot of things that can can be solved naturally that are actually better for us regardless um so so I, i i love that that's even a part of this conversation you're just totally covering every aspect of of life for me i love it um I would love to talk a little bit about the kids now, like your audience, the, the students, the people who are gonna be playing this game. It's actually probably not just for kids, but I know you have kids in mind, really top of mind as you're designing. Um, can you share kind of some of your inspirations for that?
2: Sure, and I will say that actually from doing the market research, um, as part of my, um, just my my process of you know becoming a CEO, you, you have to like do a lot of studying. And by by doing the market research on games and audiences I actually found out that for this type of game my actually my core market is actually generation X believe it or not mm. these are people who are like in their 30s up to, to like 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 50 um, early 50s actually but um, but I will talk about the children because it's obviously a cross age game and it's made in a way you can see from the aesthetics that it's made in a way that children would like to play it and, um, my son Menku is one of my consultants actually, in terms of, um, of, of giving me advice. He's been working with me since day one with this project. Um, I bounce ideas off of him because if it's not cool for a 14 year old, then you've lost a part of the market and you've lost a generation that you're trying to speak to. So, um, as we as from the initial visuals that you saw they moving into the visuals that i, I moved into the, the, the assets we're making for the game now I've tried to keep in mind his lens you know so really trying to hit all the age groups from generation X all the way down to 14. uh even really lower than that i mean my my five-year-old could play this game um you know she may not be able to read all of it man, within it but with an adult there's nothing inappropriate in there so yes, I wanted to make it so it was engaging. Everything has to be layers. I'm taking a, a game development class, actually. And, you know, one of the things that they talk about is that you have to have multiple layers that can engage many different audiences. So the same way we're talking about in education, how you have um, differentiation. You, you wanted to have something in your lesson for the advanced learners, but you want to have something for people who are just coming to the subject. The same thing with games. You want to be able to get the casual gamers like, uh, let me just play this for a few minutes. Can I do something cool? yes you can but can i also find really deeply nested easter eggs and that's a game development term for something that's hidden in the game that has special meaning that you only find if you're looking for so yet so those all of those layers are in the game and so yes the children are definitely a part of that along with every other age up to up to 80. i mean you know yeah the oldest person that i'm showing this is 79 years old so yeah.
1: The different the different layers of complexity and sophistication uh, reminds me of some of the Robin Williams films where he has their children's films like Aladdin, but he has humor in there for adults that the kids don't get. Right. So that was a really clever way of appealing to all audiences. Um, so um, I love also at the beginning, I wanted to share with you regarding the getting kids involved Um I really loved also toward the beginning when you said that was uh, in, in the video explaining the game itself, that these things are happening. There's a lot of greed and corruption in the world, and but that was before you got involved, right? You're pulling in the audience and making them feel empowered and like they can actually make a difference. And I think that that's, I know part of your intention is to plant the seed, right? You're planting the seed that that is true for all of life. And I think that's just so important um, for, again, I guess you're right, it doesn't matter what age you are. We all want to make a difference. We all want to, to be empowered and feel like in this, in this world that feels so large and overwhelming at times, the problems feel so overwhelming. But there are ways to make a difference as one individual. Um, so that, that was really powerful as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate that.
1: So as a parent, um, as a parent of a 16 year old who enjoys his games, um, I trust you. Like I trust what you're building. I and it's because of the underlying values, obviously. But I want to state that out loud. It's like trusting certain health food stores because they're vetting all the food and you don't have to read the label yourself for every single product I trust what you're creating and that is so rare and important. Um, so I honor what you're doing. I trust what you're doing. And I just want to ask if there's one anything else you'd like to share before we go to a QA.
2: Um, just if you if you want to support the game, you know small donations have you know how Barack Obama you know he ran for president on like ten dollar donations three dollars and fifty cents. this game is built, is built on small donations. A lot of the small donations that have come in have helped literally with like the creating of the baboons or helping to rig up this character or make this make the trees. Like these little pieces of money that come in really help. So you go to mediabreeze.com and donate, that helps me, helps us because I'm not the only one. We've got team, but it helps us with that. And just 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 cre- keep creating and just just do your life passion. Do what your spirit and your soul is calling you to do in this life because you will thank yourself when you get older that you followed that path. So.
1: That is great. I have a couple of comments to share with you. I know we've been uh, busy and so we have, you haven't been reading those. Um, I'd like to share that uh, someone said, I want to play this game. I saw the video on Earth Day with your presentation there and I got so excited. And I can echo that for sure. Um, there we go. There's the comment. You can see it now. And this one we've already spoken about. If you want to share any more about that, feel free. Here's one. That's awesome. We were inspired by the universe. We need your vision. Absolutely. We are um, able to take a few more questions if anyone else wants to uh, chime in there and we're really right on time for the
3: for
2: yeah, this right
1: for this talk yep yeah. um when do you think the game will be released
2: well so our our production so we are we're scheduled for for january uh 2023 so that means that we're doing the the test stuff and like the the mvp and all of that from now until uh, May of next year, and then we're going into production to do the production release from, from from June until about August, and then we're testing. So, answer your question: two Januarys from now. So it's a little bit of a wait, but you know, a lot of movies that you see took years to make. Some of those movies that you see now, you see them with them old phones. Have you ever seen a new movie with old phones? <laughs> That's because that movie was made started shooting it like six, seven years ago and it's finally getting released so this is this is not that long it's really it's really uh you know less than two years but yeah two Januarys from now
1: that's great i know uh, all of us we absolutely cannot wait and wish you the best and um and certainly uh really you're so close to that fundraising goal i would love to see that come in here perhaps after this presentation alicia thank you for joining
0: yeah, Namunda, you know, I'm so excited. I am not a gamer, okay? I, I haven't played games since Pac-Man, all right? So date myself a little bit. I am so excited about your game. I can't wait to play it with my kids, grandkids, because it is that intergenerational kind of thing. We can all sit down and there is something entertaining for us all, and we all get to learn something along the way. And we all get to learn how we work together and how we are connected, um, which you don't find in many games at all at at this point. So thank you for doing this.
2: Thank you, you. you, Alicia. And thank you, Myrna.
1: A last thought on one of the things that we can learn. I love this. I just had another note. I'll mention it since we have one minute left. the cypher is a magic circle, right? It's a place where you go in the game to sort of download something important, like you figure out a solution. And I think that's, you're, you're tying that to, to our intuition, right? And and sort yes, of tuning into the divine um, or to God. I believe that that's what intuition is. And, and it's a way to even teach that within your game. It's just so beautiful. I'm just really, really excited for you and- Thrilled to be here. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, thank you both. Um, thanks to Mikey, who's backstage, who ran the tech. You know, I really appreciate her many voices. least everything that you all are doing, all of the work—it's is very powerful and has a big impact. So let's let's do this work together. Let's succeed.
0: I love the collaboration, and um, yeah, and so Shante, uh, thank you for asking this question because I was thinking the same. Do you plan on expanding the setting of other continents later?
2: Yeah right. So, um, it's Sri Lanka, which is in South Asia, India for the the um, the Indian elephant. Um, It's um, uh, Mongolia for the um, for the uh, Amur leopard. Um, Galapagos Islands, which is off of South America, for the marine iguana. Um, It's um, North America. uh, I believe the Inuit people, but I can't remember which 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 people in that Alaska region were um, around the Arctic fox. Um, so there's yes already. If in, in when if you go to my website, you can see there's a part in the video that we showed, and I show the other continents that we go to. Um, so absolutely. So yeah, no, it's not all Africa. We we, we expand it out to the other because there's indigenous wisdom all over the globe.
0: Mm-hmm. Right
2: in America, a ton of indigenous wisdom. Right in in the in what's now the United States, in the, in the so-called Americas. So yeah, definitely
0: excited. Nothing but excitement, Munda. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you both for doing this today, and uh, thank you, Mikey, for stepping in in the background. There, he's the man behind the curtain. Uh, Aisla is down with the bug today, and um, and I've got all of this dental surgery stuff going on, so I'm kind of lock-jawed today. Um, so greatly appreciate the fact that everybody stepped in and and put this together. This was wonderful. And I'm looking forward to how it unfolds, Nunta. You know, this this work is, it's going to take off. It has to because it's needed. There's a calling on the planet for what you have created. Uh, so I know there's nothing but good things ahead.
3: Thank you. Likewise.
1: Thank you both so much. Yeah, thank you. All
0: right, All right everybody. Enjoy the rest of your lunchtime. And um, thanks for joining us today. All We'll right. see you again next month. Safe. All
2: right.
0: Bye-bye now.